At Sustainability Champions, we believe that education is a fundamental building block of a sustainable planet. Because if we don't understand the challenges that we're facing, then we can never learn about or discover the solutions. And so Dr. Thomas Funke, co-founder and CEO of Tomorrow University, decided to create an online education platform to give people the tools and resources to make a positive impact on the world. In this episode, Thomas and I discuss the role education plays in the evolution to a sustainable world and the best methods to teach people what they need to be successful entrepreneurs and change makers. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Thomas, thanks so much for joining us on Sustainability Champions podcast. Great to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks for having me. Of course. So the way I like to start these conversations is with a quick background on the work that you do. So what is the elevator pitch for Tomorrow University? Well, Tomorrow University uh, is actually in place. We created it um, to accelerate the transformation towards a more sustainable society. And mm. uh, how we do that is actually we educate and empower change makers. Uh, and we do that by actually leveraging technology. So we have currently a couple of hundred students enrolled in our degree programs and the master's programs and the bachelor's programs. It's all remote first. So we believe that the world is the new campus, that there's no physical limitation to learning um, that you can learn from anywhere, that you use technology actually as a means uh, to learn more effective. So all our learning model is designed around challenges. You work on the challenges of the 21st century derived from the SDGs, of course, climate action, reducing inequality, and our technology actually challenges the learners. So this is not the Netflix of education where you passively consume knowledge. It's actually about actively working on topics and seeing the university as a content repository. Professors become coaches, professors become mentors. They guide you while you're applying the knowledge. Um, at, at, at the same time, you do need the knowledge, but the university becomes more a content repository. This is what we do day in, day out um, with students around the globe. We have students from everywhere. I think there's just one continent where we don't have a student from, which is Antarctica. <laughs> that would be <laughs> my guess. The, <laughs> that's the great thing about technology. It, it connects and it, and it enhances education. It enriches, it enriches education, actually. That's very cool. And, and so you, you said that you're looking to make, to create change makers. What do you mean by that? So one of the purposes of education was always to understand theories, to gather knowledge, to, to become more literate uh, in certain dimensions, and uh, but to also grow competencies. Um, but what we always say, it's, it's definitely needed that we grow our cognitive proficiency of uh, the next and the future generations, that we think more crit critical, that we analyze situations, that we can all deal with information overflow, that we understand the most modern trends. But at the same time, we also need people that are able to act upon this understanding. Uh, and this to, is, to us is entrepreneurship making change. So it's not enough to only understand that we are facing challenges that uh, we, for example, need more circularity in, in, of, instead of linear growth. Um, so it's good that we have this understanding, 
But nevertheless, it's more important to act upon that. And one way to act upon that is, for example, creating a business, becoming an entrepreneur, uh, starting a movement, uh, having an impact every single day. And to us, this is the notion of the change maker, trying to have an impact with every single action, big, small, creating a business, growing a business. So that's the idea of becoming a change maker. Yeah, very cool. I, and something else you said, which is not passively learning, which I think uh, a lot of educational systems are. You sort of, you know, watch a, a, a video and kind of sit back and just let the information sort of flow. And I, I don't know, personally, I find that that kind of education, uh, that kind of educational style, I forget pretty much everything. Um, and it's almost, it's almost becomes more like infotainment, you know, I'm, I'm, if it's done well, at least it's, inter it's entertaining and you learn something, but then that's kind of where the education stops because either I don't know how to apply the information or there is no way for me to practice what I've learned immediately. Some, sometimes there is, if I'm looking for something specific, um, but yeah, otherwise if you just sit there passively learning, it, a lot of it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And so what is this active style of learning? Yeah, so the, the, um, it goes beyond passive learning, um, which is that you constantly get things out of your head, not only inside, inside your head. So mm -hmm. what, I, I called it sometimes the Netflix of education. But what has happened actually in a, in a tremendous way in the past 20 years is that information communication technology actually provided us access to information. We can access all of the great information, the theories from all of the leading universities out there. But this is not enough. We now need to go one step beyond and be able to apply this knowledge. So most of the technology that we've seen in the past years was providing access. And now it's not only getting that into your head, it's getting it out of your head to actually apply it, to actually apply your competencies, grow your competencies, and then create solutions. And active learning is uh, a way of learning that actually makes things stick. So you just increase the way of memorization, the way of growing competencies by actively being challenged, by actively being quizzed, by actively having course discussions where you just have to recall what you read. So one of the big illusions of learning, for example, is to read things twice. Um, if you read things twice, then you think you have learned mm -hmm. because it looks familiar, but you actually haven't. So you're not memorizing things. So it's about applying the things and then uh, debating, discussing and using it in your daily work, using it for challenges. And that's how you actually make things stick. I agree. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I've learned or I've noticed rather that if I have if I'm working on something specific and I can't figure it out and then I go read about it or watch something on YouTube or something and and I'm looking for a specific answer to a problem then that's when I truly learn I because I, I test out different ideas some of them work some of them don't work or some of them partially work and I'm I'm trying to find a solution and then when I find it because I'm actually actively you know working on something that's when I remember it that's when I really learn and that's when I figure out how to actually move things forward and it's way more effective and also much more fun and then it's it's also active learning is the one thing where you actively do things but then it's also even one step beyond is being challenged there's this mm -hmm. principle or the concept of the flow state um so for example if you design the challenges too difficult, uh, then you're overwhelmed. You won't learn anything. If you make it too easy, and this is very often the passive knowledge consumption part, if you make it too easy, you're bored. Yeah. 
well, yes, you can do it entertaining and cheerful and having kind of Hollywood style videos, but nevertheless, it needs to be to some extent challenging. And the interesting thing here that the technology that we've seen in the past 30 years, um, also in other sectors, not just in the education sector, was mainly designed for convenience. So we're getting things delivered faster, cheaper, it's all to ease and, and, and have more convenience. So I just did a quick Google Scholar research on the, the number or the amount of books that was written on the topic, how to make lives easier. It's 30,000 books out there wow. that tell us how we can make our lives easier. Um, and if you look at that, technology in education needs more because we learn, we grow um, if we are challenged. And more than that, it's not just about learning, it makes our lives happier as well. So the core assumption of all these technologies is that replacing uh, hardship with ease is making us happier. But there's not, 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 not a lot of evidence actually on this, that if we replace hardship with ease, that we're happier. Actually, if we're challenged and if we're learning, we're happier. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a very interesting development that we've seen in the past years. So hopefully it's not just learning things, but we're also making people happier with challenge-based learning technology and methodologies. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And it rings true. I mean, it's so much more satisfying to do to have a challenge and to find you know a way around it through it over it whatever but to to successfully complete the challenge um the the satisfaction at the end of that is way higher i think this is why people you know yeah they want an easy life but they but people still run marathons people still do other sports or you know go climbing mountains or whatever i mean these are physical challenges but people like to to have challenges no matter how much we love our technology to make life easier exactly and that's the point and then if you have uh, then completed the challenge you're more satisfied but again it's 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 very tricky because you have designed to design challenges that actually meet the difficulty level that is uh that yeah. is good for the learner because if it's too overwhelming you're stressed uh it becomes unhealthy we all know these, right? So, um, but then there's another theory, the, the theory of um, productive uncertainty. Um, so it, there, there's currently a lot of learning happening that you can do by yourself. You can learn the things by yourself. You're watching tutorials. You're trying to do it all by yourself, mm -hmm. which is great, right? So it's great that you can learn many skills just by yourself. But the second layer becomes even more interesting. This is actually where you learn things that you can do. So you still can do them and can learn them, but only with help. So when the social learning part comes in, when there's experienced people helping you mastering it, and this combination of being challenged and mastery learning and social learning is actually what makes us learn even better. Um, and the notion of university professors having all the knowledge and telling the people from the high horse, this is how the world works, that's a very old one. <laughs> professors can learn on ice level a lot from their students. Um, so everybody has a different field of expertise. Yeah. And this is the, the way how we have to see it, in my opinion. We have to design things that they can do themselves, but they need help from people, from experts. And we connect and we socially learn together. So that's another big ingredient that we need to embed in every university, mm -hmm. peer learning and social learning. I'd like to go back to the topic of entrepreneurship because sustainability champions uh, my philosophical approach um, or my, my, my thinking about entrepreneurialism and especially within the context of the environment is that ultimately individuals have the power to make the changes that we need and to solve the challenges of 
that we're seeing with the environment. And so I personally believe that individuals um, kind of, uh, you know, for instance, when you go shopping, that's a huge opportunity every single time you spend money to vote with your wallet in terms of what you'd like to see or not see in the world. And likewise, entrepreneurship is basically taking that same, same idea, but you know, 10x or 100x or even more in that an entrepreneur is now changing the way business is done and can serve a specific niche for those individuals who are who are buying things. So I guess that that's the way I think about it. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. If you agree with that, if you disagree with that, what, how do you feel about entrepreneurialism as, yeah, as a, as an opportunity? I, I wholeheartedly agree. I love the quote, what you just said, that you vote with your wallet uh, mm. when it comes to consuming. And for entrepreneurship, I mean, if you look at our logo, we designed it purposefully as a butterfly. Um, so it, it comes down with the, uh, the chaos theory of the butterfly effect, mm. that the flap of a wing of a butterfly can, that is being done today, can cause a storm on the other side of the world. Yeah. And this is actually, to me, where entrepreneurship starts. Very often, it's defined as creating a venture, growing a venture. But to me, it's also a, a mindset and a posture. So it's, it's really about having an impact. And the smallest action today can have an impact tomorrow. And if you're fully aware of that, and if you have a very strong self-efficacy, for example, that your actions that you're having today can lead to change tomorrow, then entrepreneurship is kind of the path. Right. So, yes, it's predefined as also creating a venture, but I like seeing it as a mindset as well. Right. So it's about solving problems. It's about creating change, but being aware what kind of change you actually want to create. So I, we love speaking of responsible entrepreneurship. So being fully aware that you actually have an impact with everything you do on the society, on other people, on the planet. on the So that's, that's actually to us entrepreneurship, creating ventures. Yes, but it even starts today with every action that we take. It's thinking in solutions, seizing opportunities, creating opportunities. Mm -hmm. And with so that you actually mentioned the name of one of your programs, uh, responsible entrepreneurship. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what what's included in that? What are you encouraging? What, what are you teaching? And what are you hoping your students come away with? So we want them to be self-empowered. That's one of the, the core competencies where they learn a lot about themselves, uh, where they learn a lot about their entrepreneurial mindset, uh, strengthen their, their self-worth. Um, so that's core competency number one. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, uh, it is closely related to the entrepreneurial spirit, which is thinking and acting as an entrepreneur, getting to know the tools that entrepreneurs use the way how they perceive things, see things, uh, and then reflect back. So, for example, we start out with a challenge that is called mission identification. They work on their personal mission. Then they go to the next challenge, which is called building your dream team. They built that personal board of five people that advises them at actually implementing their personal mission. Then they start to work on their very first problem statement. They interview entrepreneurs to decode their DNA, to decode how they work. So it's really guiding them from A to Z to understanding the entrepreneur on the one hand, but also the mindset uh, and then also getting the tools and the mechanisms to actually drive change, to actually build businesses. Mm -hmm. And along with that is more competencies, not only self-empowerment, entrepreneurial mindset. It's also a lot about social intelligence where you're culturally aware, um, where you understand the global context, systems thinking is a part of it. Sustainability thinking is a big part. Uh, but then also technological literacy, being able to use technology as a uh, as a lever to actually drive change, 
not only your own hands, but what we have created in the past 200 years to actually drive change at scale. So there's a, in total six meta competencies that are big, big part of this entire program. Um, and yeah, in the end, it's not necessarily only creating and educating entrepreneurs. It's also driving change from within. We have students joining us that want to transform existing organizations from within mm -hmm. to make them more sustainable. Um, yeah. It's interesting because uh, you're an entrepreneur as well with the co-founding of, of Tomorrow University. And here you are teaching others how to be an entrepreneur. How much do you see the lessons that you're that are being taught in the program as personal things that you've learned along the way? Absolutely. So how I came to entrepreneurship is uh, is actually a little bit through a detour, uh, because when I was a kid, when I was in high school, my big, big dream was always to become a doctor, to study medicine. And uh, during school, I actually lost interest uh, in biology, which was one of my favorite subjects when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. But I did get a lot of bad grades. So I only got C's and I didn't score well in the test, no matter how hard I learned. And so I was just thinking, I'm not good at it. Uh, I had my other expertise areas like sports uh, and then I actually tried to become a tennis pro for a while lost interest in in medicine and in biology and then after not becoming a successful tennis player I realized oh well wait um, what should I actually do to earn money and then I entered a long period where I just didn't know what to do and uh, I studied business uh, as many people that don't know what to do and then the first two years I really pushed through uh, studying business and um, in the second year only, I realized how interesting it actually is because I used I, I, I attended one seminar where there were ideas evaluated by startups, by companies. Hmm. And I realized, wow, putting ideas into place, evaluating the quality of these, seeing which of them succeed and the minds that are behind them, that really intrigued me. And uh, I dig deeper. I did my PhD on that, became an assistant professor at the university, really trying to understand entrepreneurship more from a scientific perspective. And then I was kind of fed up with this ivory tower perspective on things. And I said, if I start teaching it, I need to also have done it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I started to kind of move out of university at that time and started to create uh, businesses, some of them, of course, not successful um yeah but that's i would say the, the part of it uh the part of learning yeah well, that's that's very cool one, uh, one thing in terms of mindset that we that you mentioned i think uh, i have a friend who says his idea of entrepreneurship um, he's asked me before what does it mean to be an entrepreneur and he says that an entrepreneur is basically a risk taker if you boil it down all the way to the end um and i think you you mentioned that entrepreneurship is not just starting a company, but it's also a mindset as well. It's it's basically solving problems. Um, and I think, yeah, to a certain degree, I mean, these are different definitions, but it, it's kind of like, I think, I don't, I'm not sure if there's one specific definition of an entrepreneur and, and there's many elements. Um, but in many ways, I do believe that an entrepreneur is a problem solver uh, because an entrepreneur sees a challenge or a problem and looks for a way to solve it, uh, which is why I think that entrepreneurship is the way forward for the environmental challenges that we're facing, because there are so many opportunities to to make an impact. Um, yeah. 
so so when it comes to what is an entrepreneur and what's 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 behind that i i always love uh looking deeper at a 20 year old study from sarah sarasvati effectuation you know that uh that she called out these principles that she researched. It's this bird in hand principle. Entrepreneurs are incredibly good at solving problems, yes, at uh, uh, for example, but then doing the most out of what they have at hand. This typical example of cooking, you know, you have the the one way is to cook according to a recipe. You buy the ingredients that you need to cook the recipe, or you just look what's in your fridge and you do the best out of it or the most out of it. And entrepreneurs are incredibly good to to see what they have and what they can do to actually drive a bigger change and then uh, as for taking risks um i love and i, I personally did that uh, very thoroughly after i exited my previous company which was called Techwatir. um i was not necessarily thinking on my return on invest so if i start this new project now then well it's a big invest because i let go sell of salary i let go of a successful venture i let go of a very convenient and great and growing business um, so I, I was rather calculating my affordable loss. So mm -hmm. is it okay for me if I now start this university that I fall that deep? Um, and this is a way, very different perspective, actually. Yes, so to some extent, it's taking a risk as an entrepreneur, but very calculated. So the, the entrepreneurs that I know, they take risks definitely and more risks than others, but they're doing that in a very, very calculated way. And with calculating the the worst case scenario, at least the entrepreneurs that I know, research confirms uh, the affordable loss is more important than the return on invest. You're not constantly thinking of, oh, I could be so rich, I could earn so much money. It's actually, well, I try it and the journey is what's most important. And if it doesn't work, I'll just fall. Okay. And then I stand up and do it again. Right. As long as you as long as you set yourself up in a way that if you do fall, you can stand back up. And I think that's the point about affordable losses to ensure that, yeah, it, if you make any mistakes or if it doesn't work, are you still able to live? <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, yeah. And that that's I think where, as you say, that's the affordable part of the term affordable loss. Can you afford to lose? Because there's no guarantee that you'll win. And everybody has a definition of this affordable, you know, right. everybody says to, to me, I need, I don't know, a two year runway to start at something. And others say, well, I'm totally fine if I uh, can survive for a week or a month, you know, yep. everybody's very different um, there. Yeah. And it depends also on your, on your life situation and, and context and so on. I, I'm curious to know, I mean, I've always been under the impression that entrepreneurs are sort of born if you will it's almost like a genetic thing to to be entrepreneurial it's a uh, like you said it's a mindset but it's also almost like a personality trait some people are just naturally entrepreneurial even if they don't realize it or even if they don't necessarily start a business some people just think that way so but at the same time i, I think there are a lot of people who want to start a business even if they may not be you know, like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or these huge names, you know, that, that everyone knows. Um, so can the mindset of entrepreneurialism be taught? Yes. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a bachelor that's called <laughs> responsible entrepreneurship. But I think the question is a really good one because it's it's not a binary thing. It's not an either or. So mm. uh, I think that some also given their social environment, but to some extent also their DNA, um, come on like in this planet with with the DNA of more of an entrepreneur because maybe parents are entrepreneurs were entrepreneurs they more have these typical genes of entrepreneurs like very good communication storytelling sales blah 
nevertheless, I think the, the way bigger part is uh, the nurture part, not the nature part. Okay. So to some extent, there is definitely uh, the DNA, the genes, the character traits um, that you that you have in your very early childhood. But I think the majority, let's say 80% is you can learn. Um, and uh, I'm a firm believer that, that you can actually learn anything if you have the right attitude and if you have the right environment, if you have the right circumstances, then you can literally learn anything at any at any age. Even biology. Even biology. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a, a an unfinished chapter of mine. I still have to yeah. go there at some point. <laughs> Well, yeah, I love that that optimistic and um, approach, and and I believe it too. If you take the time, I think for some people it just may take a little longer to learn certain things. Um, you know, every person has their strengths, if you will, and, and, and yeah, I think that's an incredibly important topic that learning can't be measured through time, and we we see that in our system very often that that one of the big measurements of learning is time, the mm -hmm. way how we give credits to students is we measure time we, mm -hmm. we call it for example in europe the europe credit transfer system so okay. one credit point equals 25 hours but we're so different so for me personally i'm i would not say very good i'm, I'm rather the, the analytical logic mathematically talented person um, and I'm faster with these things i'm way worse when it comes to interpreting texts for example whatever law law courses were always a nightmare for me mm -hmm. uh, others are way better there but it took me way longer to learn this but it, i was faster when it came to the the numbers topics and that's right. that's true for everyone else so some topics can be learned faster so the constant should be actually growing competencies uh, and the variable is time and not the other way around going back to the entrepreneurship what would you say or to an entrepreneur what would you say is the most important quality that you see as to be a successful entrepreneur or maybe down to one is really really hard or, or maybe a handful if you if you see if there are two or three that you consistently see these are the areas that are the the characteristics that make for a successful entrepreneur so I think one that is incredibly important is uh, is persistence uh, and uh, and resilience. So mm -hmm. you you it's it's and we always read these things that that entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs become successful as a overnight success. You know, so somebody created the business and then boom. But we all know we've been there that it's incredibly hard and it's a journey and you have your ups, you have your downs, you need to cope with them. That's why I'm saying resilience. But you also need to be aware that this is a, a long and enduring process. Of course, there are exceptions when people are incredibly successful within short amounts of time. That always happens, right? But the norm is actually that you push things through, you endure uh, and you really, really want, to, want change to happen and it can take years. Uh, and that's why it's so important to be resilient, to really enjoy the journey uh, and not focus so much on the outcome, but actually to enjoy the journey and find joy in the journey. But then there's many, many more. I think every entrepreneur, at, at least that I know, most of them are incredible storytellers. They're very, very good at communication. They're very, very good. Um, yeah, they're socially intelligent, not only intelligent, but emotionally and socially intelligent, understanding others, building empathy. Um, but then also incredibly good at learning themselves. Um, so they're not arrogant, uh, maybe to some extent overconfident. So because they believe that they can do things, 
but still at the same time incredibly humble when it comes to self-criticism. So they they actually want to learn. They have this growth mindset that they constantly want to improve and constantly seek for criticism and feedback and improvements. So yeah. uh, that was roughly a handful. I think I could yeah more. <laughs> I would say that was about three. And I think so. Yeah, just to to reiterate, it's I kind of grouped them into three. So number one is persistence and resilience. Number two is being able to tell stories and and also having a high I think emotional quotient um an eq um uh, and being able to relate to other people and then yeah. third is this is what sounds to me like uh, an insatiable appetite for learning self-growth um yeah. while also being confident that you actually can be the one who makes change yeah exactly. so yeah it's it's this kind of balance it's sort of um yeah, on one hand, you have to be, um, but what, what's interesting to me is is that if we take these three groupings as I've organized them, although you could probably organize them separately, is uh, none of these are particularly, um, I don't know, um, they're, they're quite big yeah. picture. It's not like you're saying, well, you have to be a genius at mathematics. You know, to, it, it's quite... Yeah, I mean, as long as it, when things get difficult, if you can be persistent and if you can be resilient, then you're good. As long as you learn to tell stories, and there's lots of books and videos on on how to tell stories, you know that should be okay. Um, and it, as long as you're curious to learn and you just keep learning, and yeah, and take the time to understand how you could do things better, then you can be an entrepreneur. It, it makes boiling it down this way makes it very accessible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 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 it comes along with many things. For example, good storytelling is not or, or empathy for the customer is not only important or for other people is not only important with regards to building your business towards the customer. It's important for leadership. Mm -hmm. Communication is incredibly important. Being uh, inspirational with the mission, being clear when it comes to communication, so effective communication. So as I said, to me, it's it's most of the skills that 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 can be learned. That if you if you persist and if you have this growth mindset and this notion of I'm trying to get one percent better every day, mm -hmm. um, then you can get there. And to me, the journey always, yeah. When I when I started my own entrepreneurial journey, it looked like a huge mountain, and I would never be able to to climb it. So I was always thinking, wow, how did how did others get there? This is incredible. But then with every step, you get closer. With every step, you realize. So for example, my first three mentors, they were, I would not call it a nightmare, but if I think back, I was like, what did I do there? And the very first one for half a year, I didn't talk to many customers. I was just thinking and creating uh, without actually going to the market. And then some people may laugh at me now, but I just didn't know. I mean, of course, I read the theories, but uh, then then you actually learn. First thing is go out there, talk to the people and share your idea. Try to get feedback, but not just feedback. Try to build an understanding for the market and then have the first iteration of the product go out there. So this is things that I actually learned. So I, I got better at climbing the mountain while climbing. But when I was standing down there, I was like, I'll never get up there, but I'll try. Yeah. And I, I think that's another important point is it take things one step at a time, it sounds like is what you're saying you know don't just look at the very top of the mountain um, and think there is no way for me to get all the way up there you know just break it down into a million little steps and focus on on the step that you're working on now or else yeah it's very overwhelming 
And to me, I, I always, as I, I try to become a tennis pro, it's comparable with sports. I mean, mm -hmm. if you read a book about tennis, if you read a book about surfing, you won't be able to play tennis. You won't be able to surf. You you know the theories, but right. then you have to jump into the water to actually surf, or you have to hit the ball to actually play tennis. And then with every other hit, I mean, the first day may work pretty well. And then there's like, whoa your muscles ache and a lot of these things and that's the very same thing you get better while you're doing it if right. you're open to getting better and absolutely and the other thing i've i've noticed is that the theory doesn't actually make any sense until you start doing it because you have no idea what the theory is talking about and then you start like you say playing tennis and you realize actually now I know what they mean when they say change your grip with the forehand or what does topspin actually mean, you know, with the wrist, for instance. And yeah, until you try it, you have no idea. But that also underlies the importance of the theory because right. then you have you have it uh, and it's important that you can access it and you see, well, wait a second, I tried the forehand that way, but the book told me it's different. So let me have a look at it again in the book and try it again different. So this is also why it's so important to have theory and to have it... Uh, in a condensable way and to see to see a theory as an important ingredient for learning so mm -hmm. uh, to research new theories to find may maybe a new forehand that works better than the previous one that's only what you can do if you spend time optimizing the forehand also from a theoretical perspective yeah that makes sense yeah it's a combination of the two uh would you say that your the work that you're doing with tomorrow university and 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 everything is um making you optimistic about the future especially as it relates to the environment Absolutely. So what, what I find incredibly remarkable, it's not just the journey of personal growth uh, that I'm currently seeing. So of, co of course, I, I, I find it great how much you can actually learn uh, with every new venture in the field. And my co-founder, by the way, is even more remarkable in the, in the sense of learning because he goes in, in different fields. He started his business, his first business. Uh, I think it was in the health industry, then in the banking industry, then even wow. in the dating industry. So he explored many different industries uh, and all by creating ventures. So it's a personally very rewarding uh, experience. And you actually see that you can grow. And by that, you know that many others actually can. But I what I find even more um, inspiring is the people joining our university currently, joining our community. It's incredible. And sometimes we have to be careful that we don't are too that we're not too excited in our bubble but uh, it's now hundreds of learners they come to us from diverse backgrounds from all over the world really they have the 22 year old young and ambitious ai entrepreneur uh, that wants to start an ai business the 65 year old south african almost retired gentleman that works for the south african development bank but wants to change the world wow. in his second career um, and all of them have these naive but beautiful ambitions to make the world a better place. And there are so many people out there that this is really what makes me like have a very, very broad, bright outlook at the future. You can learn uh, seeing that from the very personal example while building this venture. And there are so many people out there that are ambitious and willing to change the world. Fantastic. And yeah, I agree. I'm I'm personally, I, I know we have a lot of challenges, uh, especially as it relates to, to the environment. There's challenges everywhere all the time. Focus of sustainability champions is really the environmental aspect uh, of the challenges that we face. And there's a lot of them, climate change. And, you know, um, we recently had COP27. And it seems that, yeah, things aren't really moving as quickly as everyone was hoping. 
But at the same time, there, like you said, there are so many people around the world who want to make a change and who are actually taking action. And what's what's really cool about Tomorrow University is that you're actually helping to empower the people who have an idea or who want to do something, but maybe don't have an idea or don't know where to start or don't know how to do it. And you're you're creating the opportunity for for people to be able to take action and, and actually make a positive impact. And that's the big idea. And it's it's we're creating a platform. We're creating creating the community where people can exchange from teams. And this is what's happening. I mean, we're now in the seventh intake of the masters, mm-hmm. and we already see, for example, from the second and the third cohort of the masters, mm-hmm. that they're forming teams. They're working on their businesses. They're launching their businesses, and all in the the broader field of making the world a better place. Like, for example, in uh, in the fields of solar energy or in the fields of, of making us healthier, uh, educating, for example, especially in uh, in Africa or in other continents. We just had a recent startup that launched, uh, actually one of the founders already moved to Ghana to to bring more education to, to Africa wow. because he was so inspired by our learning model and he now also wants to, to bring this to his home country, uh, to Ghana. So mm. there's so many wonderful examples of people already having huge impact. And uh, this is what makes me even more optimistic. But yeah. we need way more. <laughs> well, yeah, that's very exciting. I mean, there's always an opportunity to do more work. Uh, and I think, yeah, like uh, you know what we've been saying, the work that, that you're doing, Thomas, with Tom- Tomorrow University is making uh, a, a big impact because you are creating you are a change maker making change makers and that must be that must feel really really good and very inspiring and exciting it does it does i mean as i said it's a a wonderful journey it's incredibly enriching uh but yeah not only in that personal level but to see that many people growing and i it took me a while to discover that passion uh but actually Mm -hmm. my big passion is is quality education i i want people to to enrich their perspectives so it's kind of like for me education whenever you learn something it's like turning your your neck a little more being able to have a new perspective on things and that's so incredibly uh enriching so the more people are empowered and there's so much work to do roughly 50 percent of our globe only get uh, quality education wow so half of the population still needs access to high quality education and then you could even boil that down more to the younger generations older generations hmm. so currently we're serving to be honest an elite market in the uh, in the western hemisphere so i think there's so much more potential and we we, we need to work hard to actually yeah. It's yeah. Beyond. Well, yeah. sounds like you have a, a huge mountain to climb, but as we we're saying, one, one step at a time. Uh, and so for anyone who is interested in, in learning more, speaking about learning, if they want to learn more about tomorrow university or sign up for one of your courses or, or understand how the, the education programs or the programs work, where's the best place for, for people to go? Well, it's of course our homepage, tomorrow.university, but perhaps to give some more insights, uh, it's not only degree programs. So we're having, yes, a master's program, we're having three bachelor's programs, all like fitting these topics of sustainability, entrepreneurship and technology. Um, but what we also have, we, for example, have shorter degree programs, which are called impact degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, there's one actually kicking off tonight. Um, which is about green technologies with a specific focus on the mobility industry where you learn a lot about circularity, green technologies, battery reuse, repair, and all of these things. But then there's also open challenges. So for example, we uh, opened up 
single modules from our degree programs. And next year we will run once a month because it was so tremendously successful uh, and loved by the students, the mission identification challenge, mm. where you actually identify your very personal mission, you share it, you shape it in the cohort. We're going to run that once a month next year, but we have several other open challenges that can be accessed. That's two to three week learning experiences where you can try out the learning experience, where you can understand uh, certain theories. And then if you are interested, you could even go further and uh, go into an impact degree, go into a degree program. So that's that's my firm belief is that we all need to become lifelong learners and education as a whole is going more in the direction of a subscription model. Mm -hmm. And you're not only selling four year degree programs, which are predefined. You're learning through challenges, through needs that you have today and through interests that you have today. And yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and that's what you were saying at the very beginning is being able to use technology to change the way learning is done. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, sometimes you for some people, you know, doing a four year degree or a two year master's or whatever it is, it's not the appropriate time or maybe it's just too broad for what they're what their current life situation is and maybe they just need a two to three week sort of injection shall we say of education about a specific topic and that's what you're able to provide with your platform and then you can go go along you can actually move to the next competency that you want to grow mm -hmm. for, example, for example you just learned about storytelling you just learned about pitching uh, and then you you say well now i need uh, more sales skills now i need to be able to code uh, in python uh, and then you actually go along and then the next challenge is proposed or suggested to you by our technology and then you actually can enter your very individualized learning path based on your interest but mm -hmm. also based on your competency path where you actually want to grow in. Um, mm -hmm. and this is what technology do. And uh, yeah, this is a perfect opportunity to to uh, to end because we're uh, yeah, we're, we're almost at time here. But um, so, yeah, well, well, Thomas, thank you so much for for going through the work that you're doing for for doing the work, because as I was saying earlier, you know, I think it's really important for us to uh, empower people to be change makers, to feel confident that they that people have the um have what it takes to actually make a difference even if it's it can be as big or small as as people feel comfortable and there's a space for everyone and um it, it's just very exciting to hear that there's so much uptake and interest in tomorrow university and and people want to make an impact and for me personally that's what makes me optimistic about uh, the future and, and particularly within the context of the environment is that I'm just seeing, especially because of this podcast and speaking to so many different entrepreneurs and, and change makers that, yeah, there's so much passion and drive and so and practically an infinite number of people all over the world who are finding ways to protect and heal the planet. Absolutely. And I mean, thank you very much for, for being interested in, uh, in us and our learning model and in, in, in what we do. Um, and just this week, I mean, as I said, there's a lot of programs starting. We, we're having 100 new learners in our degree programs. And it's, wow. it's, it's always, it's, it's, yeah, that's a, a big step when I'm climbing up the mountain. It's, it, it's an exhausting but incredibly rewarding step. So the journey of becoming an entrepreneur is incredibly yeah, rewarding. And uh, thank you for also sharing that passion and uh, talking about it is always a pleasure. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Thomas, and uh, talk to you soon. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. Have a great day.
Globechain is the largest and fastest growing ESG reuse marketplace that helps companies become more sustainable, save money, and achieve their ESG and SDG targets. Globechain connects companies from the construction, retail, hospitality, and office sectors with nonprofits, small businesses, and people to redistribute unneeded items, reducing waste from going to landfill. From fixtures and fittings going to thrift stores and being upcycled by fashion students, to construction material being reused to help build schools, items are requested super quickly and help generate impact to local communities. So far, Globechain has diverted over 58 million kilograms of items from landfill, and they've helped over 50 million people across the world, saving them 350 million pounds through reuse. Check them out at globechain.com.